Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. My name is Jaco Sulka, and I am excited to introduce you all to Sandra Henry, the founder of Less Stuff, More Meaning, which is New Zealand and Australia's hub for eco-ethical weddings. I actually first discovered Less Stuff, More Meaning on Pinterest, and I started following along because I had never really seen a page dedicated to incorporating sustainability into weddings before. That's one reason that I really love this podcast, is that I get the opportunity to speak with super cool people, even if they live all the way across the globe in Australia. In today's episode, Sandra gives a ton of great advice for anyone who is planning a wedding or even attending a wedding. In the end, what I learned from Sandra is that when planning a wedding, it comes down to following your heart and simplifying. I really hope that you all enjoyed today's episode, and throughout the episode, you are going to find out why Sandra believes that everyone can be a wedding activist. Sandra, it's so nice to meet you and have you on the podcast today. You are the founder of Less Stuff, More Meaning, which is Australia and New Zealand's hub for eco-ethical weddings. You are calling from Sydney, Australia, so it's actually Thursday where you're at. I'm still on Wednesday evening here, so thank you for being here today. Can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name's Sandra and I founded Less Stuff More Meaning around five years ago. Um, The idea of less stuff in the wedding industry was quite controversial back then, but now it's become a lot more um, sought after and people are saying, yeah, we really need to start thinking about sustainability in weddings. Um, But back then it was kind of a little bit out there. (laughs) So um, it started basically just as a an alternative voice in the wedding industry just to showcase and tell stories of couples who had more minimalist weddings, smaller weddings, elopements, weddings that are given back in some way with some social giving. And from there, um, things grew slowly. And I, my background is um, I'm a photographer and I had, I've worked in weddings for a long time. And uh, I started connecting with other professionals in the industry that also had an interest in the same thing. And that just came through my social media. Really, people were reaching out and were saying, oh, wow, this is a really great message. We need more of this in the wedding industry. And I'm also doing something like around more sustainable wedding dresses or I'm growing flowers um, organically and things like that. So I started connecting with other wedding professionals also with a keen interest in this area. And that's when I started learning about all the sustainability side of things in weddings that I as a photographer had no idea about and I'd been working in weddings for 10 to 15 years so that's when I realized that there's actually a huge opportunity for education and spreading the word about how we can lower a wedding's footprint and how can we choose more ethically and what actually goes on behind the scenes in the wedding industry that we don't know about. 
Well, I'm really excited to learn all about eco-ethical weddings today, but going back to the beginning, how did you get involved in the wedding space and become a wedding photographer? Oh, I had just an, like most people an interest in photography and then I started working for a photography studio that hired assistants and so I kind of learned on the job. I kind of went through the back way. I, didn't, I don't have any formal training. <laughs> I learned on the job and just... Um, yeah, attended courses along the way and gradually grew my skills. And then when I had kids, I started my own business. And thankfully, I have been working as a photographer ever since. <laughs> I imagine that's a great experience to have because I'm sure you've seen all of the different types of weddings and you can bring that experience now into your new brand of less stuff, more meaning. Yes, absolutely. I think when I first started photographing weddings, it was before Pinterest and before all the wedding blogs and everyone kind of just did what their friends did when they got married. It was very sort of followed a formula as such. And then people started to question, well, why, why do we have to have such a traditional wedding? Why can't we just infuse our own uniqueness into our wedding? And things like wedding festivals and sort of more styled weddings started emerging. And um, then the whole Pinterest and blog thing started taking off. And I think from there, weddings have possibly just gone to the other end of the extreme now where it's become such a fashion statement and a, mm. a statement around how beautiful you can make it and possibly just doing it a little bit differently to your friends. And so people are just trying to go above and beyond all the time in what they're achieving with their wedding. And when I started going through my own sort of personal midlife crisis <laughs> around <laughs> weddings and the consumerism and what was going on in my own life at the time. Um, I was going through a divorce and I kind of just started questioning everything like why is there so much emphasis on how a wedding looks when where's the meaning behind it and also if we are blessed and privileged enough to have to be able to have a wedding that costs $30,000, dollars 50000 for one day then perhaps we can also think about giving back in a little bit, um, in a little way. So that's, that's kind of where the idea of less stuff and more meaning emerge from that my cynicism around the wedding industry. <laughs> well, you hit on it a little bit, but when did you exactly realize this intersection of weddings and sustainability? Was there kind of a light bulb moment or a time that you realized this is something that we need to start focusing on when it comes to weddings? Um, interestingly, when I first started out Less Stuff More Meaning, my personal interest was around giving back and social giving through weddings, um, like in lieu of gifts, for example, uh, because I had just recently volunteered over in Malawi as a photojournalist and I was just completely pumped and excited about working in development and um, how there was this huge opportunity to bring some more equality into our world just and we have such excess here let's just give and, and, and help our global community um, but as I started talking about those things I realized that people perhaps weren't ready or weren't on that same wavelength as me. <laughs> and but things that people were really passionate about was the sustainability side of things. Mm. And, um, and I think that coincides with all the other awareness growing around that at the time. And yeah, so it really became quite obvious that there's a huge um, 
opportunity to learn as wedding professionals and also for couples about what happens in the wedding industry because things like where where are our flowers grown well often they're grown overseas um, because it's cheaper and like in Australia for example over the last 20 years our homegrown flower industry has really plummeted and uh, most of our flowers are now grown overseas um, Mm. where we don't know what the labour conditions are like Um, they're heavily chemically treated then they're chemically treated on the way back into Australia Um, and yeah so there's all this stuff that happens behind the scenes that most of us don't know about unless we start asking questions and so yeah I started asking all those questions and started (laughs) reaching out to various professionals who were doing things differently or who were specialists in their field and from there I learned and what I've learned myself I've passed on through our our blog and our social media and also our e-guide called Mindfully Wed. So I, when I was researching for this episode, I noticed you used the term wedding activism. What does that term mean to you? Oh, I love the idea that we can have a positive impact on the world around us and for our future, but it doesn't have to involve any there's no need to go to a protest, there's no need to donate money, there's no need to feel guilt or any of those things that normally are feelings that are associated with activism. Mm-hmm. I think this is a way of being a change maker, but through a really positive love-filled event. And it's a way of sharing that your values with your community as well. And it's not in a judgy or a threatening way or a preachy way at all. It's just going, hey, I'm planning my wedding with the environment in mind. So I'm choosing my flowers locally and um, I'm having a smaller wedding and we're going to try and um, reduce the the travel miles and all of those kind of things. And then you're actually sharing that with your community and it starts other people thinking about that, which they, when they start planning their wedding, it's going to inspire them as well. So it's, it's a beautiful way of being an activist through a really positive way. So yeah, that's that, <laughs> that I get, and I guess also that's it's the way that's the way it feels to me working in this space is it feels like I'm being an activist, but through quite an alternative approach. Yeah, definitely. I feel like anyone can be an activist and you can really bring sustainability into any field or any industry. So it's really neat to hear how you're kind of leading this charge of sustainability in the wedding industry. And you've mentioned a few different components of weddings that we can bring sustainability into. So what are some of the aspects of a wedding that have the largest negative impact when it comes to the environment? Mm, It's really interesting to um, speak about that right here and now, because if you'd asked me that a little while ago, I might have given you a different answer because they are based on assumptions that I had made, such as, you know, how much meat is being consumed at the wedding or the travel miles of the garments or the flowers and that kind of thing. Um, But recently we I've had a um, help from an oncology company develop our wedding footprint calculator. And it's the first really comprehensive and also evidence-based tool that people can input all the information from their wedding, from the number of guests to how far people are traveling, to what rings they're having, to what meals they're serving across the whole spectrum. And then it can show us what our wedding carbon footprint is. And also what we can do to offset that. So whether to plant trees or you can go back in the calculator and change a few things around and see we can actually 
make some positive changes. So once we had been through that process with um, our ecologist, um, we've actually discovered that the biggest, there's four main um, contributing factors to how um, that have the largest footprint. So first of all is um, travel. So guests traveling from overseas or interstate um, to the wedding, um, as well as where things are, yeah, our products and services. Um, often there's even vendors that will be chosen to, to come in from another area. Like if you particularly like a photographer from another area, people mm. will fly their vendors in for the wedding. So the travel aspect, the travel miles is the biggest contributor for sure. Um, and then after that is the number of guests. So having a smaller wedding um, as opposed to like say a 100 person wedding versus a 10 person wedding, that the amount that you can save in carbon emissions is actually really huge wow. <laughs> so we ran the figures for a, a wedding that was had um restrictions around numbers of guests during COVID which was around 10 to 20 people and also everything had to be sourced locally because at that point even in Australia we weren't even importing flowers mm. so and, and guests couldn't travel from overseas so comparing that with an average wedding where maybe 10% of your guest list is traveling there was a 93% reduction in carbon emissions. Wow. So that just shows how significant um, the impact of travel is and also how easy it is to have an eco wedding. You can literally just can have a smaller wedding and you're, <laughs> and you're doing a great thing for the environment and you're saving a lot of money. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was interesting that the people that we had spoken to throughout that process were saying, well, actually COVID kind of gave us an excuse to have a smaller wedding like we kind of wanted to have a smaller wedding but this has given us the excuse to do so mm, so interesting. yeah yeah it's been really interesting so I think I guess that's the most surprising thing that's come out of it this process for me is that how simple it is to have a more environmentally friendly wedding just by having a smaller one so yeah so they're the top two and then after that is the menu so how much meat versus plant-based food is served and after that the the flowers because the flowers do have a huge footprint having when most of them are imported so yeah they're the four main considerations but then in every single aspect of a wedding there is a more ethical or sustainable choice if you look for it well this tool sounds like such an amazing resource for people to use who are planning weddings just to educate themselves I'm sure on something that many people may not have even considered when planning a wedding before. Knowledge is power so you can learn different ways to reduce your impact from your wedding planning and you mentioned those top four things that have a negative impact on the environment. Do you have any advice or ideas for how people can make those not be such negative parts of their wedding? Mm, absolutely. Um, I think probably it's interesting that the things that will benefit the environment probably also benefit ourselves and our mental health. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just simplifying the whole process is such an easy thing to do. And then we end up enjoying the wedding day itself so much more. So having a smaller guest list, for example, you get to speak to everyone who's there and enjoy their company so much more. Um, or if you're a bit more introverted, having less people to, you know, speak your vows in front of, 
That's great, people. <laughs> um, introverts, yay. <laughs> this, this is your time. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just basically simplifying. Um, and if you can, try and source things locally and secondhand. So there are so many beautiful gowns that you can purchase secondhand. Um, you can reuse family jewellery to remake a new piece. Um, you can re-gift the flowers, like extending the life of the flowers by re-gifting them after the day. Yeah, there's so much, there's so many ways that we can actually extend the life um, of those things that we incorporate into our, into our wedding. For example, like a dress that can be worn again. Um, that's another thing to consider. So, yeah, what happens to all the, the stuff essentially after the day? Does it have to go in the bin or can we extend its life or if it's going to be a single-use thing, do we need it at all? Well, we've received a few questions from listeners that I wanted to ask you. And the first question relates to the food component of a wedding, which you mentioned is one of the top four things that we should pay attention to. Do you have any advice on how to reduce food waste at a reception? Ah, um, I think when things are portioned out per per number of guests, the caterers are actually really on top of that already because wasting food is not good for their bottom line. So, exactly. <laughs> um, so portioned out, so, um, portioned food um, as you're catering, so perhaps like having an entree main and dessert that where the portion sizes are measured out is probably more sustainable than having a banquet or a buffet mm. because there might be more food waste at the end of the day. Um, although food can be reused or staff will, will um, have the leftovers at the end of a wedding or they can be gifted on the next day. So, um, yeah, food waste tends to happen, I guess, a little bit naturally that people are on the lookout for that because it's a way of the caterers themselves saving money. So there wouldn't be a lot going to waste food-wise. Um, but perhaps that what you can ask your caterer is, are they composting? Um, what, where is the waste going, for example? Like, are they composting? Are they, is there, how much plastic are they using? That kind of thing. Mm, those are really great questions and great points to make. For the second question that we got, you hit on this a little bit, but what are some ideas for what to do with your wedding decorations after the wedding is over? As you talked about, a lot of weddings have these single-use items that are not used after the wedding. Uh, I think it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to see thousands of dollars of worth of flowers for one single day. And then those, are, you know, if there's no time for people to take things home or for the venue to clear things out at the end of the day, they will go in the bin. And that's, I feel like that's super heartbreaking yeah. when someone has had to grow those flowers for months. We've had to use so much water for them to grow. They have to actually be perfect because flowers with any sort of defects on them won't be used for a wedding bouquet or for, for wedding displays. So there's so much that's gone into those flowers. It seems such it's such a waste for them to be used for just a single day. So some florists are actually offering like wrapping stations, like leaving a roll of paper at the at the venue so that guests can take those flowers home at the end of the day. Um, some florists will actually take those flowers to um, nursing homes or um, 
somewhere where it will make it brighten someone's day. So that's another option to what to do with flowers afterwards. And um, yeah, so I guess flowers, that's a big thing in terms of other things that can be used um, at following the day. Um, it's like thinking about do we actually need, how many decorations do we actually need? Like if we're in an outdoor, beautiful outdoor location, then nature's basically doing the styling for us. We don't need, you know, we don't need to go over the top with styling, maybe like a vintage rug or you can hire a piece of furniture or an arbor or that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think simplicity is key with in that respect. Yeah, definitely. I love the idea of how of donating the flowers at the end of the wedding. I know I've heard of people donating them to nursing homes and it just really brightens the day of the people living in the nursing home. So I think that's a really great idea. For the next question, a listener wanted to know, what are some unexpected areas or less obvious areas that you could apply sustainability to when planning a wedding? I think we probably underestimate how significantly we can reduce our footprint by just staying within our local area, like finding a beautiful park or going to a national park locally and just having... You maybe your parents or just like a really small group of people and you know and then going out for lunch afterwards like a really simple celebration can be so meaningful so touching and you get to spend really good quality time you might even have more money left over to splurge on other things like a really beautiful menu that you can spoil your guests with because it is such a a small group um so yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that's, I don't know if that would be considered as out of the box as such, but perhaps that's something I would consider if I was ever to go down that path again. I would maybe just go really small and intimate in a beautiful local location and, um, yeah, and then just splurge on things that are actually meaningful. And in my case, that would be food. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it goes along with your whole tagline of less stuff, more meaning and having less people, you can actually interact with everyone because I feel like you hear from so many people who have these huge weddings and they didn't even get to talk to half the people at the wedding or they felt like they took up the entire time of the reception just trying to talk to every single person. Mm, absolutely and yeah more meaningful and more enjoyable so what I've heard from the weddings that I've participated in over this last year during COVID is that people saying oh we loved this we loved our small wedding so much like at the end of the day we got to hop in the bath and, and have some champagne or we all hopped into bed in our pajamas and ate our wedding cake like for example <laughs> like just think oh wow that is just so much more relaxing than a, we're having to like you know having to talk to everyone and, and being in front of all of those people all day long um, I mean you know there's different experiences that people will gravitate towards depending on what kind of person you are so um, but I think perhaps having more of that flexibility and then that having actual positive impact it makes it much easier to go down that path it kind of it gives you a good reason to go down that path of having a small intimate wedding. For the last question from the listeners, someone asked, do you have any advice or thoughts on the attire since almost everything at a typical wedding is normally worn once? Yeah, it's so true. And even guests will go out and buy a new outfit for a wedding typically mm. because, you know, it's a special occasion and it's our one free pass to buy a big, beautiful gown and um, or even, you know, men's men's attire. 
um, they're like if they're in the bridal party, they might have to get several um, outfits like for, for their, you know, if they're going to several weddings within a year, they might have to buy several new outfits for that in that process. So, um, yeah, like do we need to do that? It's, it's a simple choice really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, why can't we just wear something again or why can't we just wear a beautiful gown that you can reuse in some way or reuse a portion or have it restyled? I think, I think that's kind of like a societal pressure that we put on ourselves. And, um, yeah, it does seem like, I mean, it, it does seem like such a, it's a really luxury item to be able to buy a beautiful beautiful bespoke gown that's handmade and then wear it once like <laughs> I think it shows how privileged we are these days that that has become the the norm and the expectation for our weddings so if I mean if we said that to people in a developing country they would just like their mind would <laughs> boggle <laughs> that that is what we do normally um so yeah let's I think we just need to ask why like be a bit of a rebel and go well why do I have to do that why why don't I just go my own way yeah definitely you can just go against the norm and set a new example for people moving forward yeah absolutely um I've not, I have heard of um, some couples who ask all their guests to wear something they already own. So you could, if you're bold enough to do that, you could do, you could ask your de- to guests to not buy something new. That would be a way around that. Yeah, I really like that idea. I've never heard that before. Or, yeah, or just letting your bridal party wear whatever they like. It doesn't have to be matching. It doesn't have to have a colour scheme. They can just wear something they love and then you've got this bright of color perhaps for your photos rather than you know a more neutral color palette yeah those are such great ideas and I'm sure you have participated in so many weddings over the years are there any weddings or couples that stuck out to you that you have stories you could share uh yes I really love um weddings where there is an honoring of our local indigenous culture so Mm. having a welcome to country or um, a smoking ceremony that introduces the wedding um, and really paying respect to our history and our land Um, in Australia here um, we all live on stolen land and so that is something that people are acknowledging more and more Mm -hmm. through their events and I think having having the recognition and also incorporating some beautiful traditions into your wedding can really be a way to add meaning um, and can be quite touching. Yeah, that's a really great idea. And like you said, I know a lot more people are starting to recognize that and acknowledge our past and the land that we're living on and who that originally belonged to. So that's a really neat way to acknowledge that in your wedding ceremony. And to kind of sum up the entire conversation all of this wonderful advice that you have given and this might be a tough question but if you could only give couples who are planning a wedding one piece of advice overall what would that be it would be to follow your heart and forget what other people are telling you forget about meeting expectations or um, being inspired by what you see just come back to what you and your partner really value um 
and then plan your wedding around that and make it really authentic to you. And it takes away a lot of the mental load of having to please others. <laughs> um, and I think that is the key to, um, yeah, feeling like creating a day that's really authentic to you. And where can listeners find more information about less stuff, more meaning and what's included? Or can you give us a sneak preview of the e-guide that people can purchase online? Absolutely. So the e-guide is an online wedding magazine, but it's got a focus on um, staying true to yourself, your values, simplifying really beautiful real couples um, with beautiful scenery. It's not fashion focused at all. It's really focused on connection and your values. And then also the sustainability side of things of what questions to ask your vendors. So knowing exactly all that background information when you're planning your wedding, it's all there in one package. So that's the Mindfully Wed e-guide. Um, we also have a directory for Australia and New Zealand and the rest of the things on our website, it, it, I mean, the directory is also free um, for readers, but yeah, it's basically a whole heap of free information. We've got blogs um, with real wedding stories. We've got the wedding footprint calculator where that's a free tool for anyone to use internationally because our wedding culture is similar internationally. So um, yes, the statistics are based on Australian figures, but the results will be very similar. So yeah, it's the, you can use that for free. And um, we've got lots of even free illustrations on, on our website that you can share on social media to start the conversation. Like if you're a wed wedding business or a vendor, you can have that conversation with your audience. Like, hey, these are some things to consider when planning an eco wedding and lots of beautiful quotes and illustrations. So there's lots of free information and resources on there. So head on over to Less Stuff More Meaning and it'd be great to just to continue the conversation. I think the more people that are having this conversation, the stronger we are and the less it becomes a, you know, sort of an out there idea. It just becomes the new normal and that's the ultimate aim. Yes. Well, I will link all of that information in the show notes. I really encourage everyone to go check out the website and the Instagram account. It's just such an amazing resource and there's so much great information. I love how there's a focus on weddings, sustainability, inclusion, diversity, and it's just a really positive website to look at, I feel like. So for the last question, I like to ask all of my guests what they are hopeful about. Mm, I love that question. Gosh, um, personally and professionally, I'll answer it in two ways. <laughs> personally, I'm hopeful that one day I'll be living um, on my block of land down in Tasmania with goats and lots of cute little animals and growing fruit and veggies and that kind of thing. I want to, that's where I want to head personally, <laughs> living more sustainably on the land. And professionally, I would really love for ethical and environmental considerations to be completely normal within the wedding industry like that becomes mainstream and that's the new normal mm, well that is also my dream is to have goats one day so I told you <laughs> 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 but 
but thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you calling in all the way from Australia and starting your morning with us on Hopefully Sustainable. This was such a great conversation and I hope that listeners who are potentially planning a wedding or are going to plan one later or even attend a wedding will have learned something and will consider incorporating sustainability into their day. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at Hopefully Sustainable Pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.